The last week, we said that Jesus was greater than everything. And, that, that, and we're going to be on that subject for the next few weeks, how, how he's better than, than, than everything that's ever existed and will ever exist. And uh, in this next section, uh, Hebrews 5, 5 through 14, the Psalms are quoted at least six times, if not more, in, 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 this, in this quotation. And, and some of it comes from other books too. Uh, but uh, Psalms 2 uh, that we read, uh, Psalms 104, Psalms 45, Psalms 102, Psalms 110 that we read last week uh, is quoted quite a bit. And then uh, Psalms 103 is quoted. And it, it's to say, uh, whoever wrote this, I'm beginning to think more and more as I read more and more that, that Paul probably was the author, in my opinion, the more I read. But I'm not 100% sure nobody is, so, so it's just his style. There's a lot of stuff in there that reminds me of uh, Pauline literature and stuff that he says in it. It reminds me of, of the Pauline letters. There's bits of it that remind me. So it has to be somebody that was really close to him and maybe uh, uh, wrote some of the letters while he dictated them because his eyes were near his, his eyes were bad and he would have people write his letters. So it could have been somebody that he dictated, he dictated letters to. But it, it, it's very Pauline stylish writing. And he wrote it, like I said last week, to a group of people, a group of Jewish people, the Hebrew people, he wrote it because they were, they were trying to either add or they were trying to say that Jesus was not the Messiah and they were stepping back into uh, their temple worship and doing temple sacrifices and doing all this stuff again. And, and, and whoever wrote the letter, whoever wrote the letter was writing to them, people saying, no, no, Jesus is who Jesus said he was. So, so it's hammered over and over again through the whole book how amazing Jesus is. Hebrews 1.5 says this, For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. See, Jesus is God's one and only Son. Jesus is the Son of God. It's hard to wrap our head around because we know He's God. And I'm not going to try and explain it because I couldn't explain the Trinity because it's way too... We made that word up to explain it. Three in one. That's all that word means. And you see, God is the Father... Jesus is the Son, and then we have the Holy Spirit. They've all existed since the beginning of time. All existed since the beginning of time. They all have specific and separate roles too. But they exist as one. That's as far as I'm going to go with that. Because here's the thing is, we can't understand it. And, and this is... This, it, some of this is, is stopping blocks for people not to meet Jesus. Because they go, well, if, if, 
Jesus is God and God is God and the Holy Spirit is God and you can't explain it to me, then I can't follow something that I can't understand. Well, then you want a God as, as feeble-minded as you. If you can understand him, then that's what you want. You want a God that thinks on your level. I want a God that thinks on God's level. If I ever think that I can understand God, there's going to be a problem. A big problem. Because God is God. Nobody can understand him. Nobody can explain why he lets certain things happen and and not other things happen. Nobody. That's what makes him God. He's smarter than us. So he is God's only son from the beginning of time. At the beginning of Genesis, Jesus is there creating because he is the word of God. He is actually at the beginning of the Bible. He was pre-Bible because they just didn't tell you all the stuff that happened before the Bible. Because obviously at some point, God created angels. At some point, God created angels as well. We don't get to be told when he created the angels. But God obviously created them because angels were not from the beginning of time. Just God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from the beginning of time. So Jesus is God's one and only Son. He will always be God's one and only Son. His begotten Son. See, Jesus will always, has always been his son. You know, Jesus now is, is, the son of, is the son of God. And he sits on a throne, ruling. There's no angels sitting on the throne. This is why Jesus is better than the angels. You see, and Paul is attacking this, or whoever wrote this book is attacking this problem, because there were some Jewish people, by the way, that thought that some of the angels were in the same league as Jesus. They were as powerful or more powerful than Jesus. This is what was happening at the time he's writing this book. So, so whoever the author is, is trying to explain, no, you've got to understand that before the angels, Jesus was. That's why when Jesus comes and he says the seven I am statements, which he's basically saying, I am means I'm God. That's what he's saying. When he says that I am, he's saying I'm God every single time. No angel can ever say that. One tried and he got booted out of heaven and took a league of, league of angels with him. And it goes on to say, and again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. See, the sun is exalted above the angels. Notice what he's saying. He's saying 
even the angels worship him as God. Even the angels are worshiping him. This is, you, you're saying he's equal to the angels. No, he's not. He is more powerful and because he's God, he is worshipped. He is going to be worshipped forever, just like me. That is what God's saying. He is exalted above the angels. You see, we are supposed to exalt him. We are supposed to put him number one in our lives. This is what the writer is trying to tell the people. Look, you're trying to worship angels. You're trying to look at this. It's like, and I'm not knocking. I shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to anyway now because I'm halfway in. But we put these, we, we say we have guardian angels. Okay. That, by the way, or a guardian angel. Oh, yeah, that person is my guardian angel. I'm going to blow your mind. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about guardian angel. We have angels that watch over us. But it doesn't say guardian angel. It says angels that God uses to watch over us. We can't pray to angels for anything. We can't ask angels for help. People do that. They say, I've got a guardian angel. I'm gonna, my guardian angel's taking care of me and watching over. And they, and they lift up their guardian angel to a place where God is supposed to be. And another thing is, we don't become angels when we die. Some people think that when you die, you get some wings And you get to float around on a fluffy cloud and play a harp. I'm out if that was the case. I'm out. But we don't become angels. We stay people. God created us as people. We will be people when we resurrect. We'll be amazing. I don't know what it's going to look like. But God created us in the garden before sin like this. When he resurrects us, our dead body, we're going to look like this. We're not going to become angels when we die. We're going to be like this. And we have angels watching over us. There's a curtain. And behind that curtain, we don't see it. There's a battle going on. And the angels are fighting that battle. And Jesus is in charge of the angels. The angels who exalted him, they're fighting for him. And that is what he's trying to explain in Hebrews. Is, is that the angels exist for Jesus and not, not, I don't exist for the angels, the angels exist for me. Hebrews 8 through 11 says, but of the son he says this, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with oil of gladness beyond your companies. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. He's talking about you spoke it. And it created. 
and the heavens are the work of your hands. Because Jesus spoke. God created. Jesus spoke. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. All of this will wear out. I actually think God's in the redemptive business, so when he does the new heaven and new earth, this earth we live on is going to be redeemed. That's what I kind of think when he says new heaven, new earth. It's like the earth we live on, because if he's in the redemption business, in the people business, because that's what he is, he, wouldn't he redeem the earth? Why would he just throw it away? He's capable of redeeming the earth too. So he's going to redeem it, and it's going to become new. And this is, this is eventually where we're going to live. Not like this, but we're going to live on, a, 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 on this earth, but renewed. Because he is going to make all things new. The Son is the anointed one. Can you imagine? I, I, I said it this last week, but I, I still get over that the fact that Jesus would leave his home in heaven to come here. See, this is why when I say you don't want to be God, because all of us, you know what we would have done? Because this is what I do all the time when I mess up. I throw it away, buy some new stuff, and try and build it out of the new stuff. Because I usually go too far where it's not savable. But, but, but Jesus, being the anointed one, being the chosen one, he left heaven for you. For you. Look in the mirror every day and go, Jesus left heaven for me. That's what we need to see when we look at ourselves in the mirror, that, that Jesus would leave heaven for us. Because I can look at myself and say, I don't deserve this every single day. Because I make mistakes every single day. But when you make a mistake, you repent and you go look at that and go, well, Jesus loved me this much. Why wouldn't I want to follow him and follow what he has to for my life instead of choose the desires of this world? He is the anointed one. He is, is never going to not be anointed. He is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And when he does, it's going to be an amazing day. Because I, I, I hope I'm on this side of heaven when it comes back. Just so I could see him riding on the white horse with his robes on. I just think that would be an amazing picture. But maybe I'm on the other side. And I still get to see it. But, it's going to be an amazing day when he comes back. He is he's coming back one day for us. He, he is our savior. He is the chosen one to save us. Because nobody could save themselves. We, we hear it all the time. Well, I'm a good person. Somebody just said to, to, to I think I'm a good person. I mean, Dale was just telling me the other week, last week, that he witnesses to his neighbor all the time. And his neighbor says, I'm a good person. I've never killed anybody. 
I think most of us could fill out that category. I've never killed anybody. I checked that box. I don't think many people that go around with, the, with their resume saying, I've killed somebody. I mean, it's, it's, not a, it's not in most people's resume. Unless you were actually went to war and, and it was part of your... Most people haven't killed people. They may have killed, they definitely have killed in Jesus' eyes, because Jesus ups the ante, but, 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 but most people have not killed anybody. That doesn't make you a good person. That makes you, I don't want to go to jail person. Jesus is the only perfect one. He came, anointed. He lived a life. That you and me could not live. He, he put on human flesh. I mean, how humbling was that? He put on flesh. Came as a baby. He actually was formed in his mother's womb. He had to grow inside of a, of a woman's womb and be pushed out. And pushed out. How amazing is that? I mean, he was God. He could have just showed up on the 30 years old and showed up on the scene. He couldn't because he had to live a life. He could have, but he couldn't. Because it wouldn't have saved us. He had to live a perfect life to be able to go to the cross for you and me. Be able to pay the penalty of sin for you and me. So he had to do what he did. He was anointed. He was chosen. It goes on to say this. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for for your feet. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are inherent, are to inherit salvation? So, the Son of God, Jesus, is seated at the right hand of God. He is in control. And now we get to the angel's actual job. They're ministering spirits. So, so you've got to picture this. Angels are way more powerful than you and me. They're amazing, okay? They could wipe us out if they wanted to, okay? But they have a purpose. Their purpose was not to sit on the throne. Their purpose is if you are in Christ, when you pray for protection, when you pray prayers, God uses his angels to protect you. That's why I say you don't have one guardian angel. You have a legion of angels protecting you. We have legions of angels. 
They never, if you ever read the Bible, which I suggest you should, they never say angel, except the angel of the Lord showed up, but he's always with some other angels. Okay, he never shows up. They always say angels. They always plural. There's never one. And they are, they are going to be looking pretty, I think angels look badass myself. I probably shouldn't say that. We'll have to edit that one for the second service. But I think they're going to be like hardcore. Look, they don't look like Cupid. Not at all. Um, they did a they did a good one in. Uh, I'm trying to think of the, the when they did the Sodom and Gomorrah in. Uh, I forgot what the 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 Bible, the Bible, and they did. I think that did in the Sodom and Gomorrah scene where the angels going to the city, they are what angels will look like. I kind of wish, now it would be cool to be an angel if I look like that, because they're pretty tough, you know. But that's what the angels, they're the angels that are protecting you and me because Jesus is standing in the gap for you and me. He's seated on the throne. Do you know what his job is? To rule. To rule. And to, to be an interpreter for you. You know, me and Vanessa have talked because we've got to work on this. I'm going to, eventually I want to start a Sunday night service out there. Okay. But Vanessa's going to be helping me. Because I'm not very good at pronunciation. So I'm not going to probably learn Spanish very easily because I think it's a lot about enunciation of words. So Vanessa and I are going to get together in the fall and we're going to work together and then see if we could pull it off and then have a service that we can have bilingual. And Vanessa can translate for me. It's going to be really interesting and I think it's going to be fun. So... And, and, and I think we can and, and reach a different demographic of people if we can speak more than one language. And because Vanessa's from Honduras, and she, we're blessed to have her at our church, and that's her first language, I think this is going to work. I'm, 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 I think it was, it was a great idea, and I think we just, it was like hit us in the face like a train that we could do this, that God could use two people and go, hey, why don't you try that? I mean, because here's what's the worst thing that can happen. It could fail. I don't mind failure. I do it all the time. So I'm pretty good at it. But I'm willing to try anything, and I think it's going to be a, a, a great experience, and we're going to be able to reach more people for Christ if we do that, because Vanessa has a lot of friends that English is not very good. They don't, if, I, if I speak the way I speak, they wouldn't be able to understand me. And that's because, and I said all that to say that Vanessa is going to be my translator. Jesus is your translator. He sits on the throne and you pray. And you pray. This is kindergarten stuff. This is what I used to teach when I teach children's church. Okay? It's like you pray. You're talking and you pray to God. 
Well, you speak your language. God speaks heavenly language. And Jesus is a translator. I'm not sure this is how it works, but that's how I like to picture it. That Jesus translates for us our prayers to, to God. Because he's lived here. And he, he, he is our translator sitting on. So when we get on our knees and ask for the right stuff. See, here's the thing. People go, my prayers never get answered. My, I, I pray all the time and my prayers never get answered. Well, I think you're praying for the wrong thing. God always answers prayers. I've never had a prayer that's not been answered. It's either yes, no, or maybe later. They're the three answers he gives us all the time. He has never failed in that. And I can tell you, just like the country song, God's unanswered prayers are the best. Because I was praying for something stupid. And he didn't answer. The ones that he answered are the ones that I probably wish he didn't answer the way he answered them. But they've actually grown me. And I think if we allow God to do that in our lives, we will change. And we've got a savior that's sitting right now, sitting right now on the throne, sending angels to look over us and to watch over us. And if we are on the right page, if we are following God, because he's on the throne, so what does that mean? We're not. We're not. I know uh, Shelley shared some of your women's group yesterday, not your discussion, but the video. Uh, but she shared how the woman says yes to God for everything. How about we try to do that? Can you imagine? Because I've said no to God quite a bit. And I'm sure you have. When God says, you know God's told you to do something and you've said, Mm-mm. but you're saying to your Lord who's sitting on the throne, I'm not going to do that. You've got to give me a better deal. How can that, you, you, you like bargain with God. If you do this for me, God, then I will do that for you. If, you. if you told me to go here, then I would go there, but you've got to do this for me. That's we stop trusting the guy who's sitting on the throne. Hebrews is, is trying to point us to Christ 100%. It's trying to say, stop following the world. Stop trying to look for the world to make you happy. You have a Savior. And His name is Jesus. And that's what whoever wrote Hebrews is trying to show us. It's, he's trying to show us how amazingly great Jesus is. And that there's none other that could take his place. There's not a person in the world that could take his place. Your spouse could not take Jesus' place. I will say this. You should love Jesus more than you love your spouse. Because if you love Jesus as much as you can, you're going to love your spouse so much she's not going to know what to do or he's not going to know what to do. Because if you love Jesus, you are going to change the way you act, your your priorities in life. We have a Savior. 
who, like I said, put on flesh, but is now seated next to God, ruling and reigning. And his reign never ends, by the way. After he comes back, he will sit back on that throne and he will reign for eternity. I can't wait for that day. But until that day comes, I want to follow Jesus because of who Jesus is. Because of what Hebrews says about Jesus and how amazing he is. There is not no being ever created that is better than Jesus because Jesus is God. So next week, we're going to be uh, doing chapter 2 of Hebrews. The whole chapter. Some of it, uh, the first few verses follows on from, from this. He just emphasizes this point and then he moves on. But uh, uh, why Jesus became, had to become a man and he became a man for us. So read Hebrews 2, 1 through 18 to get ready for next uh, week's sermon, series, sermon in the supremacy of Christ. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for being an awesome God who has loved us no matter what. That is the Savior of the universe that is right now sitting on the throne of God. And, and you are uh, ruling and reigning, God. And we thank you for that. We pray that you can help us to submit our lives to you, our Savior. To follow you, and, and, and take your leadership. You are our God, our Father, our brother. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.